They put on the helmet in pads. Back again by Whitney Merciless, his second of the game. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. But as a player, you got to use the little things and the details. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. Bread pudding, apple pie and ice cream, peach cobbler, or sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Fuddruckers with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Yeah, we are live in Stafford tonight, Fuddruckers, with Whitney Merciless. Yes, sir. How about it, folks? Whitney, part of a defense that hit Tom Brady 12 times. And we'll get into that tonight. We'll get into some other things. The Denver Broncos coming up on Sunday. Noon kickoff for that. Good old-fashioned noon kickoff for the Bronco game. Haven't had one of those at home in a long time, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, let's reflect a little bit. Look, I didn't want to start here, Whitney, but I have to. All right. Deshaun Watson confused me because he was playing the air guitar. You guys are the rock boys. So is he an honorary rock boy? What's the criteria for being a rock boy? Is it for everybody? I don't know. Straighten me out on this. He's definitely an honorary rock boy. There's no question about that. For sure. Uh, I mean, he's our star player. No question. He has to be. He has to be. Uh, now, not everybody can just be a rock boy. We okay. got to, now, we haven't come up with this criteria, but not anybody can just be <laughs> up in here, all right? So, uh, you know, we, uh, I've been working with the sound on his, you know, his guitar moves. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> it looks real smooth out there. It looks real smooth. So, uh, man, he, he broke it out Sunday night. A couple of times, too, yeah. <laughs> and he was into it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's got to be flattering. He likes, your, he likes your celebration so much, he just took it on his own. Oh, no question. Of course. Giving us some shine over there. Yeah. Part of the Rock Boys now. How much critiquing did you mm-hmm. actually give? Because you, <laughs> you said you talked with him a little bit, but was yeah. it a critique? Was it a, a, a total embrace, celebration? How, how did it go there afterwards? Uh, after that? Oh, yeah. Um, no, we didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it didn't come up. No, it didn't. He can play with his teeth as long as he's making plays like that, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, Hendrix played with his teeth. Uh-huh. I mean, playing with your teeth is something. Part of the show. Anyway, congratulations on the win over the New England Patriots. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about what went into that defensively, mm-hmm. game planning, and, and how it turned out in your, in your eyes. I mean, obviously you won the game. You got pressure on the quarterback. You had a lot of guys out, but you guys just balled up front. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stopping a run, that was the most, that was the most important thing because we uh, understood, you know, as far as his weapons go with the receiving core and all that, they hadn't been what they were in years past and whatnot. Um, they wanted to establish the run, so we were able to stop the run uh, as many times as they were running it. And so that was a positive. Um, and also just getting off on third downs. Uh, that was really, really huge for us. Um, we had some difficulty, you know, earlier in the season just getting off on third downs because of penalties or uh, penalties that were on us. Uh, also, not giving away uh, easy, easy yardage as far as um, defensive pass interferences, uh, jumping off sides, just being very disciplined uh, all the way across the board. And so we really stacked that uh, throughout the week from, uh, from Monday to Wednesday to Thursday, Friday, all the way through. And it really showed out on Sunday night. It wasn't until the very end of the game where he kind of climbed above 50%. You mm-hmm. know, for most of the game, he was well under. I mean, you guys were forcing him to throw stuff away, yeah. forcing a lot of errant passes, like really uncharacteristic of Brady. Yeah. I mean, y'all made his life hell. 
You hit him a dozen times. Yeah. A dozen times. <laughs> How many times does that happen against Tom Brady? Uh, not too often. Yeah. Not too often. You know, they, uh, the way they uh, protect with their line, uh, he's pretty good at, you know, whether it's a full slide to eliminate a lot of the games and stunts that we do up front. Uh, but this time around, we were able to get home. Um, Jacob, and coming off the edge, uh, let's see, Charles. Also, uh, you got B-Mac who hit him a few times. DJ. Yeah, Reed. Uh, yeah, the guys were just humming. And we understood we had to get him off the spot. We can't let him just sit back there pat the ball, and then just deliver all day. It seemed like on the TV broadcast they kept showing Brady getting really frustrated on the sidelines, frustrated with his receivers. We were there at the game, so we couldn't really – we weren't really a part of what was happening and able to see it up close. But you were on the field with him. Could you sort of sense the frustration out there as the game went on? Yeah, you could definitely feel it. Um, yeah, I would look across the way, and uh, you could see a little bit of frustration as he said, you know, they were probably, well, warm enough to throw the ball and stuff like that. Um, just because, you know, sometimes they weren't on the same page uh, with his receivers yet. Uh, and, and he's got his trusted guys, Edelman. That's his trusted guy, and one of his trusted guys, and so he loves going to Edelman. Um, so when we took away that threat, um, and he had to deliver the ball to everybody else. And so, you know, just being out there, especially after we hit him, just like – Come on, like you can just see it. It's just like WTF, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DP just brought up an awesome point because, like, we don't see it. And then last night, I'm at home with my family watching the replay, and you guys made him so mad that at one point in the second quarter, he's walking to the bench after coming off the field, and he essentially finger rolled his helmet. Like mm-hmm. he was so mad and so frustrated. He does that, and then he starts yelling at his players. Does he actually talk much to you guys when he's on the field? Does he say much to the, the opposing defense, or is he just strictly business? No, nah, strictly business. He doesn't say a word at all. I mean, you see him complaining to the refs, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get calls and stuff like that, and usually he's going to get a call. Right. <laughs> right. But, but it's uh, not like Philip Rivers where he's actually talking to you guys on the field. He's not like that. No, you know? not at all. Not at all. Yeah, uh, you know, whether he, uh, you know, he beats you or he loses. I mean, he'll talk to you after the game. That, that, that's the only time. But in between, nothing at all. You don't get any type of reaction at all. And you do see him getting frustrated. He's a competitor. I mean, I'm a competitor too. We all are. Um, and we get frustrated. And, you know, just seeing him on the sideline, I mean, he, he does what he does. And he's expecting the best out of his players, um, you know, just the New England Patriot way. So we noticed some communication with the defense based on what he was saying to his offensive players. How much of that affects you with what you're going to do on a given play, or is most of that about coverage in the secondary? As far as our, commu- our yeah, communication? Yeah, your communication. Because we saw a bunch mm-hmm. of guys talking to each other like, oh, he's doing that, we're going to do this. You know? Yeah, um, our communication is huge. Uh, it allows us to understand, uh, to be on the same page from the front end to the back end. Uh, when one is off and somebody does their own thing or that misheard, you know, a check, an audible or uh, a call, then that's when the whole picture starts to fall apart because one person can screw the entire defense up. And so our communication was huge throughout the week to make sure we we're on the same page. Um, you know, for him, you know, Mike, you know, Mike Porton checking to where, you know, where to slide the line or understanding, you know, the leverages of the DBs um, doesn't didn't really matter. It's, you know, if you know what's coming, but you got to still stop it, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Whitney Merciless with us, Fuddruckers and Stafford. All right, so you've been in the league eight years, mm-hmm. which is a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot longer than the average. It's a tremendous accomplishment. Yet when you were a rookie, he was in his 12th year. Yeah. So 
What is it like for you to be going up against him this late? It's not late in your <laughs> career, but this, this advanced in your career. Yeah. And there he is with 20 years, and he's been around longer than this franchise has. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. You know, I, I didn't even give that much thought at all, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you. But now that you say that, it's, uh, it's wild. I mean, my rookie year, that's his 12th year in the league. Yeah. Um, and you remember going up there that year, Monday yeah, Night Football. He's playing his best ball at that year, yeah, you know, yeah. as far as it goes. And he, I mean, he, you know, throughout my career, he's played his best ball, no, no question. Um, this year, not, no different. I mean, they're ten and two now. Mm-hmm. Um, still <laughs> playing <laughs> exactly. Still playing some damn, some damn good ball for mm-hmm. sure. So um, you know, for him, it's it, yeah, like in my eyes, it's actually very impressive. I mean, twenty years in the league. Very impressive as far as a quarterback and still playing at elite level as well, too. What, is, what does this do for the confidence level of the team now moving forward? I know every game you just focus on turning the page and moving on to the next game, but mm-hmm. this has got to be something that just can propel you through the rest of your games in December, right? being able to get a win against a team like the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so after this win uh, for us, we knew what type of team we wanted to be, and it just gives us reassurance as far as who we can be and who we are. Uh, just all the way around, just playing some really solid ball all the way, in, you know, from offense to defense and special teams. And uh, we, we know we can play with anybody in this league. And so moving forward, that's how uh, everybody from the older to the younger players, we understand we are an elite team, and we can be that uh, heading into the playoffs. You know, you sometimes hear, oh, well, that was a big win. There's going to be a hangover. But it doesn't seem like that's the case with you guys because mm-hmm. you realize and you guys see everything that's in front of you, everything that there's still to gain, right? I mean, there's no overlooking anybody, namely the Denver Broncos who yeah. come to town with a losing record. I mean, you know what those guys can do, and you know what's in front of you, right? Yeah, exactly. We know what's, uh, you know, what, what's up for grabs yeah. still. And uh, yeah, for us, we we understand mentality like mentally that we have to win out no questions yeah. about that have that we have no choice uh and yeah it's cool that we got the win uh you know it's been a while or it you know first time it's ever happened against the patriots and all that mm-hmm. cool you know the um uh the hangover is not not the case for us it's mm-hmm. uh, we, we got to put our hard hats back on get ready for another afc opponent and, you know, take over this thing for sure and really put that stake, like just stake after stake after stake um, so we get into the, into the playoffs and get to that big dancing end. How do you like playing on Sunday night? Because during the day you've got all the other games that you can watch. Do you mm-hmm. focus on watching those games or do you just want to stay away from it and just focus in on your own game plan and your own routine? How, does that, how, how, how do you plan your Sundays when it's a late game like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a Sunday game, wake up, you know, we got meetings and all that. And uh, I check out at a hotel and I go straight back to my uh, Back to my house now. For, <laughs> you do? Yeah, I usually do. Yeah, I go back to my house and just I'm for like, like a couple of hours. Yeah, exactly. Because I want to sleep in my own bed. Okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. exactly. So I, I don't watch any of the games or anything like that. Because I, the Colts I, and the Titans were on, so yeah. I was wondering, are players watching this? Or are they just z- zoned into their game right now? Some of them were were, were probably watching it. Uh, I know for the fact that I wasn't because I was trying to take that nap before. Oh, okay. <laughs> Naps are important. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just love my naps. I don't watch any other games. I, you know, by the time we get to the warm-ups and we check in, well, we get to the stadium and all that, some of the games are playing on the big screen. That's so, right. So, uh, you know, I, I get a chance to see what the updates are and what the highlights are and stuff like that. Let's say the uh, NFL schedule makers come to you and they say, Whitney, 
If you had your choice, what time do you want to play this game? You want to play Thursday night? You want to play Sunday noon? You want to play the Sunday 3? You want to play Sunday night? Monday night? Which one would you choose? Sunday noon. Sunday noon. You no just want those noon ones, yep, huh? Yep. Exactly. Because of day. the routine that you've kind of established over the years? Um, or no? No. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, I got to say, just get there. Like, the game comes quick. Knock it out. It's yeah. fine. We're done. You don't go like the home. waiting. Yeah. Nah, yeah, exactly. Like, let's go. Let's we play. Don't, we don't like it either, by the way. And, and <laughs> I know a lot of the fans might feel the same way. I think the tailgaters like the 3 o'clock because it gives them enough time mm. to tailgate. Then you do the 3 o'clock. <laughs> These night games, nobody could go to sleep on Sunday night. The entire city was <laughs> like exhausted on Monday. <laughs> Everybody was wound up. It's like, who got to bed before midnight? Nobody. No. Nobody associated with that game. Watching, playing, broadcasting, whatever. I was just completely wound up. But that was great to be able to have that experience. You beat the Colts and the Patriots. These are the two villains, the all-time villains in Texans history, back-to-back at home in prime time. That is huge. I know it's all about the next game and everything, but that really is great. I think it's something that we can look back on someday and say, that was amazing to have that little two-game stretch right there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, And... You know, coming off the uh, well, coming off the bye week, we you know we lost that major game mm-hmm. against uh, against the Ravens. So you know, it was nice to ha- get that bad taste out of our mouth uh, versus um, and a divisional opponent. Mm-hmm. So you know, we got that win in, and then you know, preparing for the next week, we just, we knew it was going to be another big game, and uh, you know, we pulled it out. And so it was like really encouraging, and uh, we understand, like I said before, we just understand the type of team the type of players we have on this team. I got to think, you know, Drew mentioned Broncos not having a winning record and all of that, but I got to think when you're on the field, none of that really matters because if you're going up against some guy who's blocking you and he's really tough to deal with, who cares what the record is at that point? You got to get the job done right now, this play, right? Yeah, no doubt. There's no time to think. Well, you don't have time to think about like, okay, you got a winning record. We're trying to get a winning record, you know, all that. No, you you just got to focus on that moment. You got to essentially, I tell it, Everybody is just living in that in the moment, mm-hmm. being present at that at that moment, and doing exactly what you need to do in order to get to the future, pretty much. And the future is the Broncos for mm-hmm. a noon kick on Sunday. Okay, Whitney Merciless is here. We're gonna have questions from the crowd. We're gonna have other stuff we're gonna do with Whitney. Uh, promote some of the things you've been doing. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Or that you want to do. I mean, promoting <laughs> things in the past doesn't really help promote them. But we have a lot to talk about. As Whitney is a man about town. All right. We're at Fuddruckers in Stafford for the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Keep it here for more of the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Without Verizon Up, your football season could sound like this. You call that a throw? Put me on that field. You know I was all conference in high school. Would have went pro if it wasn't for my appendicitis. And here's what it could sound like with Verizon Up. Scott Miller, follow me to your seats. They're all the way down in row one. The network more people rely on gives you more, like NFL tickets and experiences with Verizon Up, only on Verizon. Based on metrics by IHS Markets, Root Score Reports, 1H 2019 of four mobile networks. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Results may vary, not... 
Now back to Fuddruckers for more of the Texans Players Show. All right. Thank you for that unsolicited welcome back. Crowd here at Fuddruckers Stafford. So, Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, DB Sidhu with you with Whitney Merciless in year eight. You know, Whitney, when I said that, <laughs> that just sounded like a long time to me. I know. I mean, how does that feel to you, Whitney? How do you feel about that? Mm. Like, are you calling me old? <laughs> Quit calling me old. I remember one time we had you. we had you on a show, I think it was like week two or three, mm-hmm. and you said... Yeah, man, that first game, wake up the next day, football's tough. Or yeah. I, I think I'm rewording it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, it's, it takes a toll, huh? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I will say I'm not a spring chicken as I was when I was uh, first coming into the league. Uh, when you first come in, it's like you can do everything, anything, don't, not really take care of your body or anything like that. Now it's like you, know, you got a couple of aches, bruises, stuff like that, wake mm-hmm. up. A little bit of stiff, you're a little stiff, all that. And so um, it's really uh, it, it's amazing to see the transition from your rookie year all the way up to whatever year, like the number year for me, eight. Mm-hmm. And just seeing how much my body has changed over the, over the course of years and how much more attention to detail I have to, you know, I have to pay attention to mm-hmm. uh, for my recovery. So what would that mean for you today? What would that entail? Um, chi- chiropractic work. So, you know, getting my body adjusted. Uh, getting popped, and there was a lot of pops. <laughs> and, yeah. Also, uh, dry needling work as well, too. So um, it's, a, it's a type of acupuncture, but uh, it is more so they take a needle, stick it into you, move it around, activate the small muscle fibers Ugh. underneath, and then pull it out, and then it, and the muscle pops. All right, so it's acupuncture, but not by an acupuncturist traditionally it's like it's the trainers doing it for you or yeah do they the tra- bring somebody in no the trainers actually do it oh really uh, they, so they get trained on it yeah of uh, course. they're not just like let me try this no yeah definitely i won't <laughs> go for around. that i would not go for that at all it's more targeted i think like it's like kind of falls with chiro- some chiropractic work really involves mm-hmm. dry needling where they can focus on a particular right, so yeah. pain, does, right does that hurt does that hurt a lot Oh, there's no question. Yes. Really? Oh, and yes. everyone says the needles are small. It's still it's so. small. No. <laughs> Clearly, I've never done this before. They say, okay, the, the, like, the edge of the needle is like dull. Like, they say it's dull, but it's still sharp as heck. And so once it goes in, I mean, it hurts when it goes in. And then when they move it around, Ooh. oh, it hurts even worse. And it depends where you get it, too. Um, I've got it in, like, uh, my glutes, my hamstrings, Ow. my groins. We all know what... Oh, Whitney. Oh. Do you feel much better afterwards, though? Because the needle's out? Oh, yeah. Like, you can tell. Oh, I feel so much better. But I'm saying, like, you, you can tell a, a distinct difference afterwards? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I, I feel like, so, before I go in, like, before the needle, like, enters, I'm pretty tight yeah. as far as the area. Mm-hmm. Then. But as soon as they end, as soon as they get done with the needle and everything, everything has just released. The muscles calm. The muscle fibers have actually released. And I feel... Much more flexible. Really? So mm-hmm. do they do it like in an area where you might have been bruised or something? Uh, no. Uh, no, it's just muscle fatigue and stuff like that. Exactly. Muscle exactly. Yeah. All right. What, what, when you look at the rookies, because mm-hmm. I would imagine a lot of rookies have to build up to this sort of recovery as they need it. Do you feel a little bit of maybe, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say envy that, you know, they can just sort of bounce back, uh, you know, without doing all this? Or do you sort of 
warn them? Was there anyone that told you, hey, you're going to need to be doing this after, after games, or did you learn it along the way? Oh, yeah, dad, all the time. Uh, when I was first getting in, uh, you know, you had uh, Sean Cody, Connor, mm-hmm. all those guys. They would tell, they would me, tell you. Yeah, they're, they're like, it's going to catch up to you. Just, just you watch. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, they were right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, yeah, just seeing the rookies, uh, uh, yes, uh, I'm a little envious because I would love to bounce back uh, immediately. Like, after this game, I played every single snap. I was tired, and I just didn't want it. I didn't want anybody to call me, to bug me, or anything like that. Right. I didn't bounce back as, as fast as I would like to. But, um, yeah, especially the rookies, they're like, man, I feel old. I'm like, you don't even know the meaning of old. <laughs> right. That's true. Actually, I saw on, on Next Gen Stats, Whitney's the only player, uh, defensive player, who's played more than 90% of the snaps. What, this season? Yeah, season? yeah, I believe it. There were some long drives out there. Yeah. <laughs> you played a lot of snaps this year. Yeah. And does it take longer to bounce back from a Sunday night game? Do those few hours make a bigger difference in your week than, mm-hmm. say, a Sunday noon game? Or is it pretty much the same recovery? Uh, it, it, it all depends, though. I mean, if you get a victory Monday, you, you can bounce back pretty fast. Um, now, if you've got to go in, work out, you know, do the whole shebang uh, that we do on a Monday. Uh, typically, you know, that, the amount of hours definitely does make a difference as far as your recovery time and all that, despite doing everything that you can recovery um, with, like, masu- like, massages, cold tubs, and stuff like that. Um, now, a noon game, yeah, you got yeah, After you're done after about 3, 3.30 or so, you have a lot more time to recover mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So um, it'll just all – it just really just varies. What vet – you mentioned Cody and Connor Barwin, mm-hmm. but what other vets have been really helpful to you and, and guys who have played here longer than that? Like J. Joe, do you talk to him at all? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably looking at you like that young guy. <laughs> uh, he's got it made. He's in year 14 over there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I talked to J. Joe. Um, you, know, who I, you know, my rookie year, who I really talked to a lot when um, – Brady James was here. Yeah, okay. that's right. Weren't y'all next to each other in the locker room or close by each other? Yeah, we were close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hung out with, like, a lot of the linebackers at that time. Mm-hmm. So, of course. Um, and Brady James was pretty much my mentor as far as teaching me the ropes and things, how to, you know, how to go about being a professional and stuff like that. Um, and he helped me out in so many ways, you know, off the field, on the field and stuff like that, just watching him uh, operate. And I always find this fascinating about being a professional, like, is it not innate to be a professional because you play college football <laughs> and now you're just playing football, but now you can focus on it mm-hmm. all the time. You don't have school. You don't have classes. So mm-hmm. how, what's, what's the hardest part of making that transition from college football to the NFL and being a, quote, professional? Yeah, yeah. You can't party as much. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, I'm like, what is – okay, so you, because you have more time to actually focus on football, but yeah. you've got more time to be distracted too. Is that, is that what that's about? Yeah, most definitely. That is like – you just focus on football. That's it. Now this, it's become your job. Um, where once you're done, it's like, okay, if you don't have anything going on, as a rookie, yeah, most likely you don't have anything as far as like a foundation or, you know, a philanthropic uh, endeavor that you're going maybe through. Even if, maybe you don't have a family or anything. Yeah, exactly. So you go so, home. <laughs> you just go home, <laughs> sit there, you're like, I'm bored. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Now you can only play so much Xbox and PlayStation for yeah. so long until it's right. like, all right, I, I want to go and find some trouble. <laughs> so, oh boy! So that's with the that's the part of being a professional. So once you're done, uh, once the you know, once you you know clock well clock in clock out, mm-hmm. it's that time to where okay, are you focusing on watching some more film? Are you are you taking care of your body? Are you doing right. cold tubs? Um, what are you looking for a mentor to where 
all right, helping with issues off the field or whatever, right? right? Uh, finding a new home or mm-hmm. something like that, uh, getting a car, whatever, it, whatever the case may be. So it's just really understanding how to be a true professional. Well, you're so involved in the community. Mm-hmm. When did that really crystallize for you? How long did that take to get revved up? You did some stuff right away, of course, yeah. but it built over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not until uh, 2016. Really? Yeah, that's when, the, uh, that's when my foundation launched. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was always out in the community doing, like, great things and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, you know, with the Texans, uh, just really understanding what avenue that I really want to go to and really right. focus. And it's good to sample different things and see what, where you really want to help, right? Exactly. You don't have to rush into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, just it, providing your time uh, is all that you need, really, in a lot of people's lives and all that. And so it really right. doesn't matter whether you don't need something as grandiose as, like, a foundation or whatnot. Right. Um, you, you'd be surprised how – well, a lot of people would be surprised how much just a little time or a little effort just goes a long way for somebody in their lives and whatnot. So um, I just took that to heart when I first got in. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually I just got this calling and just uh, – just as dry to really open my foundation to help out a lot of uh, individuals and specifically with disabilities. So mm-hmm. with all that in mind, you get the My Claws, My Cleats coming up. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what are your cleats going to be about? What, what's the deal? Yeah, so I, uh, for the last three, four years or whatever since we've been doing it, um, it's always been my foundation with Mercy Foundation. So right. uh, Children with Disabilities. And this year's focus was um, not cerebral palsy, but Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be for that. I always love putting my partners on the uh, – on the cleats, just representing who mm-hmm. and who we've been supporting over the um, uh, over the course of years since we've been established, and uh, yeah, really just a, being an advocate um, and somebody who is being a voice for a lot of the uh, that type of demographic of people, um, because I don't think a lot of times do they have anybody who's really out there, you know, at, from a uh, grand stage as far as the NFL mm-hmm. or any uh, anything like the NBA or whatever to really, um, you know, educate a lot of people. I think your sister must be so proud of the work that you do with your foundation. I remember mm. you told me a while back that that's yeah. really who inspired you to have this be your cause because she's a nurse, right? And she's the one that sort of told you that a lot of these children or families with disabilities can't afford medical equipment because that's really what your foundation provides, right? Yeah. So she, uh, she really gives me an insight on uh, a lot of things that happens um, uh, at the, even during the time that she was in medical school and stuff like that, how difficult it is, especially paying bills. Um, you know, on the doctor side, how difficult it is on that end as well, too. And also a lot of doctors are willing to, they, they want to donate their time in order to help like great causes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, she's really given me some like great ideas over the years, uh, to do some really special stuff. So looking forward to, you know, what, uh, planning some things for the future for the foundation. Is she super involved in your foundation as well since she has the background? Well, she is. So she's been in the, up in uh, Maine for the longest. So she just got down to, uh, to Texas. Oh, okay. Um, I want to say in August. Uh, so she hasn't been able to be, be as involved. So now, they're, they're, like, she's, uh, she, she wants to be more involved in everything. And so uh, really just bringing the family in. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Whitney Merciless is here. We'll take some questions from the crowd next and continue as we got to talk about these Broncos coming in here on Sunday. And we won't look ahead. Maybe it's 7 o'clock we'll look ahead after Whitney leaves. We'll do that. We're at Fuddruckers in Stafford for the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. The Big Finish is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans Players Show continues in a moment. We're back with more of the Texans Players Show, live from Fuddruckers. 
right, we're here with Whitney Merciless tonight, who's seeing more people than Santa Claus. <laughs> as long line of people here in Stafford to see number 59, who is doing his thing, signing autographs, kissing babies. Literally, actually, there was a baby just up here. I mean, that was a young baby. That was probably like was a little baby. couple of yeah. months at the most. I think maybe. it asked for some Power Rangers or something. Yeah. <laughs> some Paw Patrol toys. We're going to get some questions from the crowd here very soon. In fact, I think by very soon, I mean now. So, ma'am, what is your name and uh, what's your question? My name's Rhonda. Hi, Rhonda. Um, how was your Thanksgiving, and do you and your family have any fun holiday traditions? Uh, yeah, my Thanksgiving was wonderful, actually. Um, so the day before the uh, Thanksgiving, me and my family and uh, teammates and volunteers from my foundation actually go to Texas Children's, and we uh, bring some Thanksgiving meals to some families who are spending their holidays up in there. Um, and some of those families, they've been up there for five, six months uh, some kids waiting for transplants, some kids waiting for uh, multiple surgeries and things of that nature. And so uh, it was really, it's really awesome just to see them have a, such a great, sh- like a bright light show up on their face, especially when they see us uh, serving some great, you know, like great meals. We had raised barbecue and it was like some bomb food for them, you know, instead of eating a lot of the hospital food and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so it was really cool. And so all my Thanksgiving uh, my mom didn't cook this year, unfortunately. Usually we cook. Uh, we don't do the whole turkey deal at all. Um, we do Haitian food. So it's like rice, beans, uh, fried plants and bananas, uh, hot peppers called, uh, piquilis, griot, stuff like that. Very so, cool. Um, uh, so instead, we did Killen's Barbecue. That's <laughs> we a ordered. good sub. Uh, no, I mean, if you can't get your Haitian food. Oh, no question. I, <laughs> I, I want that for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mark's been trying to lobby for a brisket on the Thanksgiving yes. dinner for a while now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we really don't have any, like, tradition. Usually what our tradition used to be would be going out on the street and playing football, honestly. Oh, that's it, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, while football games are going on. <laughs> that's it. That's about it. <laughs> So, right. Whitney, oh, I got you. two questions. Did your mom make that famous Haitian soup that she normally does? And two, Ooh. well, I guess the second's not a question. I saw the videos on Instagram yeah. of you and your teammates and the nurses singing the songs from Frozen. <laughs> I got to tell you, that was, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I mean, okay, I was, I was okay. Like, it was it was. Terrible. touching. No, it was, it was terrible, yes, but it was... <laughs> but it was in a heartwarming way. Yes, terribly exactly. sweet. I yeah. mean, that was really, really cool. Because all you guys are just belting out those songs. You can tell that little girl and her mom loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was really awesome. She she wanted no parts to do with me. She didn't want a twirl. That was it. Oh. Uh, she was Elsa, and we made that happen. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as far as the soup goes, soup... So it's called soup jumon. Yep, so yep. pumpkin We've, soup, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we definitely talked about it. And uh, you know, we won't do that until uh, New Year's Day. That's New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, so it's coming. Coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next question. What's your name and where are you from? Well, I'm Keitha, and I'm from Stafford. All right. I'm around the corner. Okay. Um, how did it feel to have such a dominant performance against Tom Brady in the Patriots offense? Yeah. <laughs> I know you guys are supposed to move on after 24 hours, but I think it's going to be a lot longer before the rest of the city well, moves on from that win. There's no question. We'll move on. Yeah, <laughs> we, fans, it, we may linger a little uh, bit yeah, on this, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it tastes very, very sweet. I'll say that. <laughs> um, I, you know, as far as being with the franchise and since 2012, it's been, you know, it's been a long road. I mean, we've came close so many times, and so to finally actually get it done, uh, and, you know, of course, everybody talks about they are not what they were, you know, years prior. But still, I mean, you're going against the best of the best. 
uh, the reigning champs um, for years. They're ten and two. Give me that kind of not very good. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, ten and two is pretty good. Yeah. So it was uh, it, it was really wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, pretty much we're at that locker room. I couldn't even explain it. If I could bottle it up and hand it to you right now, ah, uh, you probably make like about ten billion dollars right now. <laughs> <laughs> How cool was that moment where Deshaun gave the game ball to Bill O'Brien in the locker room afterwards? Oh, it was a cool moment. It was a really cool moment because, uh, yeah, you know, um, for, Bill, for Bill, from where he came from, I mean, that means a heck of a whole lot, you know, as far as uh, coming from down that route tree and being able to beat uh, yeah, the Patriots, Belichick, uh, his mentor, uh, also Brady and all that, whom he's coached. Uh, I think it was like a, a pretty sentimental uh, Sentimental gift and whatnot. He, he said he didn't tear up, but in the video, he turns around and walks away very quickly. Did you get a sense, without getting you in trouble, did you get a sense that he, it was a little bit of an emotional moment for him, that, that you guys felt so strongly, um, so happy for him in, in a moment like that? Yeah, we definitely uh, we felt very happy uh, for him and the accomplishment uh, as far as what he's done over the years in order to build the team, in order to take over the AFC, uh, you know, not only just the South, but the AFC itself. And, uh, you know, he's worked very, very hard. So we definitely got that sense. And, uh, you know, I had to look, I'll throw myself under the bus. He probably went in that office and went to go cry. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, no shame in it. There's no shame in it at all. No, I'm just no, curious. not yeah. at all. Not at all. I just love the bus and shops. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. good. All right. What's your name and what's your question? Hi, I'm Donna Fain from Houston. And um, I'd first like to say congratulations on Sunday's game. Thank you. I go to every game, and that was by far the best football game I have ever been at in my life. Awesome. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. I say that from the heart, too. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, how do you think uh, Romeo Crennel has kept the defense poised and confidence throughout every game and situation? Yeah, that's uh, a... that is a great question. Um, I think it really has to deal with uh, who they select to be on the team um, at the end of the day, who they want on the defense. <laughs> She's pointing to Whitney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but guys who would just say, yeah, no matter the situation, they went, we got each other's backs no matter what. And what you see out there on the field, really, there's a lot of guys who, uh, we, you know, it might be like 20, we're down 20-0. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like just one play at a time. Like you hear B-Mac talk about it all the time. He's like one play at a time. Guys, I need you. I need you. I need you. And we just have this like brotherhood on this team to where I was like, hey, we in, we in the fire right now. Don't matter. We can't run. <laughs> we got to finish out this game. So right. we, we just got to go get it done. So, yeah, I, I think that's where um, the poise really does come from is just the characteristics that you put together, uh, all the egos and all that. It seems amazing that you lose J.J. Watt, mm-hmm. um, you lose Brennan Scarlett for this game, and yet the pass rush, there was no drop-off. It seemed like guys just sort of stepped up and filled those gaps where, where, where needed. Yeah, our depth is uh, really insane um, just all across the board from uh, everywhere. We got guys who can be starters in this league, uh, hands down. And, uh, I mean, prime example, uh, Mingo and Jacob, they stepped up in yep. huge ways, especially in this game. Uh, you know, filling in for Scarlett and, and just really just being a dominant performance out there as well, too. And so it, it, it's really great to see that um, because the thing is, we've got guys who come up and you got to be ready at moment's notice no matter what. And you got to prepare like you're a starter at all times because you never know how this game is going to go. So, shoot, uh, J.J. went down, somebody had to step up. Chuck had to step up. 
Uh, when I went down to 17, uh, Scarlett, everybody else that was on that team in 17 had to step up. Whitney, tell me about Jacob Martin and what he's like as a pass rusher from a pass rusher's opinion. Yeah. His motor, it runs at, like, it, you say 110, he runs at about 200%. It's crazy. Uh, his motor never stops, and he is twitchy. Um, he's got uh, an arsenal of moves, and his quickness off the ball is, like, second to none. It is amazing. Uh, that, that's how he's able to dip around these, uh, the, these tackles, get by him on, on about the first, second step, and they're just like, oh, snap, <laughs> where's this guy going? So uh, seeing him, it's very, very impressive. Because that's the type of pass rusher that you want. Somebody who's not going to give up. And you see him. I mean, he's, as soon as he's down, he falls down on the ground, he pops right back up, and he's chasing Brady for like 10, 20 yards down the field when uh, Brady was scrambling. So, is right. it, so I, I love to have guys like that uh, in my corner. You think we're seeing kind of an acclimation period with him? Like, or we've seen an acclimation period, and he's kind of, kind of ramping up, just kind of getting accustomed to things here in Houston? Um. As far as the, just the uh, on like defense, he came and in and he mm-hmm. was he he contributed early, but mm-hmm. it seems like the contributions are more and more each each week. So each opportunity he's taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, the more reps he's gotten, I mean, he's always answered the call, no question. And you've seen all those flashes that he's had in those limited reps, but now since he's played a lot more ball mm-hmm. uh, this past game, now you see exactly what he's capable of. I mean, we've seen it at practice; it's no surprise as well. Whitney, what do you think of Jacob Martin's uh, outfits along with the other linebackers? <laughs> B-Mac, Jacob. Uh, who are the other two that are in that mix? Oh, my gosh. There's like four Callum of them. Callum Bayou's in there. Callum yeah. Bayou's in there. He's been before the injury. Yeah. Right. You know what, what, what do you think of them with their different outfits? I mean, I look forward to it every week, and it seems like it's working for them. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I wish we had a uh, screen over here so we could, you know, really break this thing down. With, <laughs> <you know. laughs> with, a, with a laser pointer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Jacob's a... Uh, his outfits are very unique. They are very unique. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he came in as a cowboy. Uh, I mean, several yes, times. Did, yes, several yes. times. Several times. And I respect it, no doubt. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Lone Ranger type of deal, but, uh, you know, he's like, I don't know, uh, yeah, a famous cowboy. You just name it. He's probably that. And he's uh, like Antonio what, Smith. I mean, yeah. Antonio used to dress up like a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Come to the games. Yeah. 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 Or Danielle Manning. Yep, exactly. And just come in and they just go to work or uh, right to work. Now, the whole linebacker group, as far as the uh, the SWAT team, the Zach Mario Kart, the Zach Cunningham. Cunningham. That's yeah, what man. I was looking at. Yeah. Well, it's working out for them. It's working oh, out yeah. for them. Uh, much respect to it. It's very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I mean, they've made some several uh, like major publications. They've made the check down, the Bleacher Report. I mean, it's actually impressive. I'm just like, keep doing it. <laughs> All right, we have more questions from the crowd. What's your name and what's your question? Oh, it's the Battle Hi, Red I'm Lady. I'm, a, I'm from South Park, Houston. Doug? Um, I'm Doc, but I'm not going to sign the question here. Okay. <laughs> how, how are you and the rest of the Texans defense preparing for this Sunday's game against Rolock and the Denver Broncos? Yeah, good question. How are we going to be preparing? So uh, much like we do uh, any other week. Uh, so, of course, we got to get off the high from <laughs> winning against the Patriots, yeah. first of all, uh, and then move forward and really just start breaking down the film. First and second down on Wednesday. Uh, what are the new calls that are actually going in? So tonight, uh, once I leave here, I'll actually go down and I'll actually break down film of their 12, 21 personnel, you know, formational sets and stuff like that and start taking a look at who's the, who's the guys who I'm going to be having in individual battles. So uh, we've got work to do essentially today on a day off like Tuesday. Well, it's interesting because people see, oh, rookie quarterback, but Gardner Minshew was a rookie quarterback, and you guys had to make a huge stop at the end of that game to win. Yeah. And then you look at Kyle Allen, who's not a rookie, but 
inexperienced, but he comes in here and they have a winning performance. Yeah. So this is there's no there's no guarantee in this league any given week. Zero. You can't. Um, you can never ever lay down, no matter who the opponent is mm-hmm. at all. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I've learned early on, and I, I think our team really does understand that. Uh, you cannot lay down, no matter how bad the team is, no matter who's it, like, if it's a rookie stepping up. Uh, those teams are sometimes the most dangerous teams, mm-hmm. and so we've got to we've got to step on the throat and just really well step on the gas pedal and keep uh, charging forward. That being said, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't mind playing a rookie quarterback, do you? There's no question about that. Yeah, man, we lick our chops every single time. There's no, <laughs> no doubt because uh, now we get to throw some great uh, pressures at them, get them really uh, nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we have to stop the run. There's no question about yeah. that. We have to stop the run in order to get them down into third and long situations. And so once we do that, then it's like uh, the wolves get to pin their ears back and just go and go right. feast. And it's got to be frustrating if that quarterback is a scrambler. You know, if somebody's able to move around and make plays with their feet, like Minshew did. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's one thing always to be cognizant about. And we, our rush lanes, the rush integrity has to be there. We've got to be able to push the pocket. Uh, we have to sweep, not run by the quarterback. Uh, we've got to be able to squeeze it and get him off the spot at the same time. Uh, if he's going to scramble, he has to scramble outside the back of the pocket and going laterally, not north and south. Do you spend more time preparing for a guy like Drew Locke, considering he only had one start, because that you really have such little film on him? You have to sort of go back in the archives and look at, you know, Vic Fangio and how he's, uh, you know, how he's orchestrated offenses. Go back to Drew Locke's college days. How much film do you have to look at? I mean, it seems like it's it could be a huge pile of work if you if you go back far enough. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, You know, as far as like Minshew, uh, guys like that. You do have to take a look at, you know, some of the archives uh, as far as like when they were in college, because there are some certain habits that they haven't grown out of um, that they may still do. Uh, and so understanding what type of player is he, uh, especially in the heat of the battle. And so we'll take a look at some of the uh, some of the film back then, you know, him being in college or whatnot uh, and move forward from there. But uh, as far as the accumulated film from what we have, I mean, that's pretty much all we have based on uh, to go off of. It's the Denver Broncos on Sunday. What do you remember about that game last year? Ooh. Mile high. Mm. Y'all stopped the run last year, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah we definitely did. Uh, and it came down to a last-minute field goal, didn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. They missed yeah. it, right? Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a... Uh, Case that, Keenum. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was trying to chase down Case Keenum so many times. Yeah. I, was so, I was getting so pissed. I couldn't get there. Um, but it, it was... Uh, so, first of all, playing in 5,000 feet uh, above sea level, that was uh, already the first two quarters was pretty tough and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as that goes, we, did, we definitely stopped the run. We had some uh, great plays by some uh, amazing, amazing guys like Kareem, one of mm-hmm. the biggest hits I've ever seen uh, he, he, him make in his career or whatnot uh, since, I, since I was a Texan. Right. Um, and also, uh, I think somebody caused a fumble. I think it was either Brandon Dunn or somebody who caused a fumble, uh, you know, just chasing out of the, uh, out of the, uh, uh, the pack or whatnot. And just really just coming down to that last minute field goal. I remember talking to A.J. Moore uh, off the edge and, uh, you know, just on the field goal blocking it. And I was like, man, it's looking a little close. I think he's going to make it. A.J. said he's going to miss. I'm telling you. I was like, you, you think so? 
Just watch. <laughs> sure How, enough, did wow. <laughs> sure How did enough, he know? How did he know? How did he know? Sure enough, he missed it. And I'm like, yo, boy, you right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see a guy, Matthew Slater for the Patriots, yeah. multiple Pro Bowls, excellent special teams player. He's been with the team forever. And then A.J. Moore is playing special teams really well for the Houston Texans yeah. last year, this year. And he might build a career on that. And obviously he wants to play safety, I would imagine. But even if he can't, can make a living in this league playing special teams there are many different ways to make it in the nfl yeah for sure um and the coaches harp it on it all the time it special teams is very very important uh and so when you got a guy who is a, a stout special teams player you want to help take hold of that guy for sure and aj has definitely done that um time and time after again and we got several guys that like that on the team right now that are just stout and just are very competitive their drive is or their will uh, really on, is overwhelming against their opponent, and they get the job done. All right, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins have that play. Oh, that was okay. sick. That yeah. Was sick. So, what'd you think watching that one from the <laughs> sideline? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, can't use the words I want to use, but <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I, I like. They drew the. I, I guess they drew it up. Well, I they think said they, they saw it. it. They said they saw uh-huh. it in a Bears game. They think Deshaun said he goes. I think the Bears ran it. Right, okay. So he he drew it up, and they had you seen it in practice. They said they didn't. I didn't had see been it. practicing it for about four weeks. Yeah, I didn't see it in practice. I don't know if I seen it in practice. I don't, I don't think I was paying attention. They may have. Um, Maybe I they're don't running know. it amongst themselves when just the offense is working. Yeah, exactly. And so I mean, it worked. It worked. It was beautiful. I was like ballet. <laughs> it was like poetry emotion. All right, what's the best way to get information on your foundation, and is there anything coming up we should know about? The uh, only thing that we got coming up right now is just a uh, toy drive. And so you know, we'll be placing some barrels uh, across the city to collect toys and uh, distributing the toys to uh, kids. Um, yeah, usually we pick a, uh, an organization we worked with in order to donate toys um, you know, to a lot of families and stuff like that who, uh, you know, Medical uh, medical costs and stuff like that mm-hmm. really get in the way to have like uh, the Christmas that they want. So we we supply in that in that fashion. So a- any other events that's coming up, people can follow us through the withmercy.org site, uh, with Mer- like the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Mm-hmm. We're all out there, and you know, you can get steady updates as far as what we're doing. Very cool. All right, how about a, a hand for Whitney Merciless here at Fuddruckers in Stafford, Texans All Access coming up next from here on Texans Radio. This is Texans Radio. When buying a car, we all look for the same things. A fair price and a familiar face. And when you go to Tommy Von Ford in Houston, that's exactly what you get. Tommy Von Ford is a third-generation family business that's built a reputation for putting customers first. Perhaps that's why they bank with Amogee. Amogee always takes the time to listen and understand what they need and offer sound advice. Amogee makes the folks at Tommy Von feel like family. And for a family business, there's nothing better. Amogee Bank. Here you grow. Amogee Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation and a member FDIC. Official business bank of the Houston Texans. The Christmas season is all about spending time with the ones you really care about. And Academy Sports and Outdoors is full of the sporting goods and outdoors gear you need to have fun with family and friends. Whether you're cheering on your favorite football team or having a relaxing weekend outdoors, Academy Sports and Outdoors has the best brands at the best prices. Check us out today to shop great brands like Nike, Columbia, Magellan Outdoors, and so much more. Visit your nearest Academy store today or shopacademy.com. Tom. 